The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. We appreciate all of our listeners. And our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And today, we're going to focus on our spiritual connection to the earth and all of the living things on the earth with our very special guest, earth keeper and author, Adam C. Hall. Adam's story is a riveting one because he achieved the American dream, but then woke up to the nightmare of his own life condition. Although he had all the outward markers of success, he was a successful power broker and real estate developer who lived in a mansion overlooking the Pacific in Malibu, California. He was hollow, stressed out and miserable on the inside. Once he came to grips with that reality, he embarked upon a remarkable journey to find his truth, purpose, and inner peace. But all of this came at a steep cost. He ultimately discovered that his purpose is to undevelop sacred spaces as founding steward and managing partner of the Earthkeeper Alliance. Adam will discuss his emotional and spiritual journey with us today, which he also shared in his touching memoir entitled The Earthkeeper, Undeveloping the Future, which is available on Amazon.com. Welcome to the show, Adam. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Oh, well, it's great to be here with you, Sandra, and uh, great to be here with all of your listeners today. It looks to be another amazing uh, day on planet Earth, and look forward to sharing with with you and uh, having an enlivening and important conversation at this time. Thank you so much. I agree. And so let's get started. Let's jump in. Now, some of our listeners may be familiar with a Sunday morning show on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network, called In Deep Shift with Jonas Elrod. I love this show. I think the season might be over, but if you can catch it, please do. Jonas profiles people who have undergone extraordinary growth after what he calls the breakdown, breakthrough, and integration process. He's described the breakdown as a series of events that usually involve a traumatic loss of some sort that brings you to your knees, perhaps literally, and the breakthrough as the understanding as to why all of this transpired, a realization about the lessons that needed to be learned. And he describes the integration part as what happens when you put it all together and move forward in a powerful way that you could not have done without the breakdown and the enlightenment from the breakthrough. 
Since imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, I am going to go ahead and structure this show the same way because Adam definitely went through this entire process and came out the other side doing something magnificent with his life. So Adam, let's spend the rest of the segment on your breakdown. The first chapter in your book, The Earth Keeper, is entitled The Perfect Life. Can you tell us about what appeared to be the perfect life, but what type of person you were on the inside? Were you relaxed and happy or stressed out? Well, I'd be be happy to, and I, and of course, it was all of the above. And the the bottom line is, in the in as I was experiencing the that breakdown, it was uh, really became uh, a place where not knowing which way to go, Sandra. And but ultimately, I think it's important to emphasize that the breakdown is really holds the opportunity for the breakthrough. And I, at the time of that that breakdown, so to speak, began, I was living the, what I refer to as the picture-perfect life, the, the, the quintessential American dream. I'd married my junior high and high school sweetheart. I, uh, we Together we have three uh, uh, amazing daughters, and as a matter of fact, I'm a grandfather a few times over now. So that's awfully cool. But at the time, I had uh, recently built the, the big house in Malibu, uh, was running a successful real estate company, uh, joined the country club, you know, the travel, all the accoutrements, was really living the life, uh, that American dream that I really had worked hard to achieve. But when I came to that place uh, and I took a moment um, I felt something gnawing at me in my stomach, and I recognized that something dearly was missing in my life, and that if I didn't find out, it could it, it could it could perhaps kill me. And so I was anything but relaxed. I think I found myself with moments of happiness and joy, although they were fleeting. And in that process, I begin to ask some of those big questions and important questions about what is missing in my life and why am I here and how can I do something more purposeful in life, not just be healthy and feel good and make a lot of money, but what could I really do to know that I am a person that is really seeking a greater happiness and completion in my life. So that's really what the perfect life felt like, yet there was something missing, Sandra. Yes, for sure. I find it very interesting that you achieved everything that you had set out to achieve, thinking that that would make you blissfully happy, but then realized that there was some emptiness involved there. So my question for you now is, well, how come you just couldn't shake it off? Was it just this feeling that you just so gnawing that you couldn't get away from it, that you had to do something about it? Well, I, I, I tried to shake it off, but I found myself overindulging in work, overindulging in, in uh, drinking, uh, overindulging in excess uh, of, of life. I mean, life on earth is addicting in so many ways. <laughs> Yet in other ways, it's un- it's unbearable. So what I found myself doing is really just getting in tune with that greater sensitivity and saying, hey, I better take a look at this because 
it has an impact to greatly affects the health and well-being of my life. So I had to get into the root cause instead of dealing with the effect of the symptom that we all too often talk about. Mm. And as you chronicled in your book, unfortunately, your spouse, your high school sweetheart, wasn't on the same path as you. And so you did have to leave behind your marriage and your children to really embark on this journey of self-discovery. And where did you find the strength to leave everything behind that you knew and loved for the great unknown? Well, it, it, and that's really is, is big because at some point in time, each of us has to find that trust or to build that faith or to build that confidence. And initially, when I first embarked on the journey, it, it was truly what some refer to as that dark night of the soul. And it really was, and I didn't know exactly where to turn. I had gone to therapy. I went to church as a younger person. I was exploring different modalities through reading uh, basic philosophies of both Eastern and Western philosophies. But yet the, the place that I began to turn to was the place that I found myself, and that place was sitting on the shore of the Pacific Ocean in California asking God, what, what am I to do? Please help me provide some direction and give me a sense of hope and faith. And step by step, I step forward into a new direction and a greater exploration that has led me to uh, living a, a much fuller, complete life on this planet. Yes, I like how you use the word trust, because I think that is key, because probably there are many people who are going through a crisis like yours, where just raising a lot of questions uh, about uh, how things are going, and really want to make a change, but perhaps too afraid to. But I think the message here is that if, if spirit is really calling upon you, to make a change and you can't shake that feeling, then if you make the change and you really follow through with it, you will be taken care of. And that's where the trust comes in, that you won't be led down the wrong path by such a powerful force. You'll be taken care of. And that's where the trust comes in. Would you agree with that? I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. And, and, it, and, it just, and I just had to take that first step. Yes. There's no greater health in, in my in my mind, unless I feel that I am in a place of connecting with myself, and if I I was shut off from that, uh, you know, we think always about health and vitality in the outward world, which is all great, very important, and in key. But if I didn't find myself cultivating a greater health and vitality within my own connection to spirit, uh, then that would have ultimately manifested in a lot of other illnesses in my life. And that's typically how it happens before it shows up, whether it's some kind of disease or cancer or stomach issue or whatever it may be. So I begin to attend to that first and foremost. That's right. Yeah, and that's a very good point about if you do ignore the call, that there could be some 
desirable consequences because you're being called from a situation that's not very healthy for you. And so it may be familiar and it may be comfortable, but it's certainly not serving your higher purpose. And so, yeah, yeah. So having that trust move on. So yeah, kudos to you for having the strength to just take that first step. And it sounds like once you were sort of at the bottom uh, on the beach questioning, (laughs) that was the low point for you. And then beyond that, it was just taking the steps, following, trusting. Okay. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And and then interestingly also, Sandra, and I will share this with everybody, is when I did that. Yes. Others came along to support and help me along and guide me in their own way to to move to a greater sense of vitality and regenerative nature of what was I was being called to come to. So it's really neat to how the universe does work that way. That's right. The universe will rise up to support you if you do take that first step. And I think your story definitely demonstrates that. And that actually brings us to our first break. So thank you, Adam, for taking us to the point of where you were going through your breakdown. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about what comes next after the breakdown, which is the breakthrough process. So this is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and we're talking to Earthkeeper and author Adam C. Hall. In the next segment, we're going to get into some of the many adventures involved in his breakthrough. So stay tuned for more great stuff with our special guest. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit nongmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today we're talking to entrepreneur and author of The Earthkeeper, Undeveloping the Future, Adam C. Hall. And prior to the break, we discussed Adam's breakdown, which basically involved him achieving all levels of material success, but realizing there was a real emptiness on the inside. And despite overindulging to try to shake that feeling off, he couldn't. And so he had to trust and take the first step to changing his life. And so now we're going to delve into his numerous breakthroughs or deep insights about himself and the world that he obtained as a result of his self-work. So Adam, let's start with the books that you discovered during this process. Which ones did you find touched you the most and why? Well, I mentioned a few in the, in the, in the book. Uh, there, were, there were many. Um, I mean, I seemed like a thousand or so, but really I think that, you know, there are a few that resonated with me. And not that they resonate with everybody, uh, but in some senses the, the messages are very universal. Uh, you know, there's the all-time best-selling uh, spiritual teaching uh, book uh, by Eckhart Tolle, and that's The Power of Now. Wonderful book. And a wonderful book. Uh, it's very accessible to anybody. It's been around for a long, long period of time, and he it, and it certainly comes from one of the most recognizable teachers uh, of this modern time. Um, the other a book that I have worked with deeply and still do uh, nearly every day of my life is is A Course in Miracles. Mm. And The Course in Miracles is certainly not for everybody, uh, it's, it, 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 but it's helped me deeply to be re- very contemplative and to be reflective about my relationship uh, with my physical body in particular and about all things physical in general. But ultimately, how am I in relationship with my body? And how does that to, how do I interact with my physical being in the world? And what does that do in terms of how I see the world? So if, uh, for example, I was very caught up in my own physical nature, uh, I saw, you know, people physically as separate. Uh, the course helps to really look at, well, it's really beyond that physical nature, to look beyond what we see physically, what we judge and we, which we judge around, what is this, what is that, um, to see beyond that, to see what is whole and complete, both within ourselves and in the universe. So the Course of Miracles is, is, is quite good. And there are many, many others, but uh, I encourage that uh, a, a life of learning is something that I'm all about. I enjoy very much being a, a student on the path. Absolutely. And I'm familiar with both of those books that you mentioned, though I haven't delved into A Course in Miracles that much. I have skimmed it. But my understanding is that Eckhart Tolle, in his books, 
and also the Course, they focus a lot on the illusions that we perceive in life and also the ego. Uh, and the ego being the source of our separation from others, uh, our judgments, and our thinking that we're superior or different. Uh, and what it all comes down to is the fact that once we get our ego under control, we really can't realize the value of love and interconnectedness and forgiveness. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, yes, and no. I, I, I think <laughs> you're you're uh, you're right on with how these two um, uh, great books work with both the illusion and the ego. And um, I, and just to kind of. Um, kind of expound upon what you're sharing yes. because it, there's a lot of depth and, and, and truth to it and importance to it. But ultimately, that that is part of the reason why I refer to the subtext of the book, the subtitle, Undeveloping the Future. And essentially, when I was operating within my own identity or ego, when I operated exclusively from that place of either expanding or projecting it, maintaining it, uh, or defending it, I found myself in a place that uh, life uh, became very challenging. Mm. And it, it is the source of many of the issues that face the planet today and face us both collectively and individual is the ego. Yes. But ultimately, I would only also say that it's really about the greater connectivity beyond the ego, what we mm. often don't see, which is the gift and the beauty and the innocence uh, that, that each of us are, and that yes. each of us hold this greater gift that is often become subjugated to, to, to the ego. And so very much, um, uh, it, it, it can be very complicated, but at the end of the day, it's, it can be very simple as well by spending much time in contemplation, reflection, and meditation, and in nature, uh, to really listen deeply to that which is being, uh, I would guess to say, birthed within ourselves. And that moves, uh, that moves me beyond the ego and subsequently beyond what many say is referred to as the illusion of life, uh, or the Vedic traditions would say the Maya of life uh, at this time. Uh, so it's, it's all a fabulous process, and it's wonderful to, to be sharing that with, with others, because this is, is an exciting time on the planet to move beyond ego and illusion. For sure. Yeah, that's very well put. Now, for you, it wasn't just reading books. You actually went on some spirit quests and did a quite a bit of work with a shaman. So your book describes your adventures in the American Southwest. And if you want to see those stories, go ahead and get this book. It's really entertaining. But let's skip ahead to the deep work that you did with your shaman, Alberto Valaldo, both in the U.S. and Peru. You did a lot of really interesting work with him. Can you tell us how he helped you and what you learned from your work with him? Well, sure. And uh, just a quick comment on your point being um, 
about getting out on the path. Uh, you know, book knowledge is fine for reflection yes. and contemplation and curiosity, yet it doesn't deliver the goods. And the goods and the gems come from the actual experiences uh, out in the world, I think, as, as, as most of us do know. And even I would emphasize, and I share many stories uh, within, the, within the book, even getting, really creating, getting into environments that ostensibly are unknown and foreign. Uh, to help break down, uh, uh, you know, fear that fears that became entrenched in my life, and to get into the unknown, get into territory that was new and different, is very powerful. And it's and, and it's about kind of knocking loose what has been so entrenched within my own cellular memory and my own DNA, which ultimately was manifesting in pain and suffering and infecting my health. So getting into those environments and having those experiences are very powerful. And what I learned through looking at many modalities, uh, East and Western modalities, uh, religions were, did not do anything for me. As a matter of fact, they were a turnoff for the most part, not that there's anything wrong with any of it, but it wasn't for me. And I think each of us have our own unique path and discover things that resonate for us. And what resonated for me was um, traditions that were based in indigenous cultures of the Americas. Mm. Uh, those are primary Hopi, Navajo, Mayan, and Incan traditions. And um, shamanic work is, was an, an integral part of each of those traditions. And because they lived in relationship with the earth, but more importantly, they lived within relationships to themselves and each other. Uh, not to say there wasn't conflict or chaos that occurred, but it was really about what is that relationship that we live with in the context of being with Earth, but also what is the context of being with ourselves. And the shamanic traditions, uh, as shared by Alberto Vialdo, who, by the way, has a fabulous new book coming out uh, in the next couple weeks called One Spirit Medicine. It's an amalgamation of all the fabulous work he's done over the years, and you, we, nobody would be disappointed in, in this one. But the some of the work that, that we do is really, it's about how do we integrate what we see in our outer world with who and what we are being in our inner world. And how do we go to the place in our inner world to explore what we truly, who we truly are, and why we are here, and what we're looking to express, and that to remove anything that may be inhibiting that expression. So the sermonic traditions really work with in that relationship with inner and outer world, and. Um, I found traveling to Peru and the deserts and the mountains and jungles and whatnot to be very supportive in incubating and cultivating. I would, I get best, I would say, Sandra is the the new me. Mm. I think that's very well put. Your description of the shamanic tradition. I've had shamans on the show, and I, I don't know, we'll have more on the show actually in a couple of weeks. 
And the point I like to make is that many people may associate shamans with more primitive societies, but their work today is more important and valuable in, than ever because of the reasons that you just mentioned, uh, that humanity really needs their perspective right now in terms of their value of the interconnectedness and their appreciation and reverence and respect for all of life and working on the outside and the inside. So thank you for that description. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And that actually brings us to our next break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to Earthkeeper and author Adam C. Hall about his breakthrough process. And in the next segment, we'll discuss how he integrated all of these insights into a new career as a nature-centric undeveloper who was dedicated to maintaining harmony and balance with the earth and her all-providing garden. Stay close, and we'll see you soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called holdtreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we're talking to Earthkeeper and author Adam C. Hall. And in the previous two segments, we discussed Adam's breakdown and numerous breakthroughs. His breakdown happened as he achieved amazing success as a real estate developer, but then could not shake this empty feeling that he had inside of him. 
And then the numerous breakthroughs occurred when he had the confidence and the trust and the faith to step out and to explore his true self. And he did this through books, through spirit quests, and through journeys to Peru and other parts of the world. And all of these adventures are summed up very well in his book, The Earth Keeper, Undeveloping the Future, because really we just touched upon them and scratched the surface here. Um, they're really quite engaging if you'd like to read more about them. So now, Adam, the business that you developed is called the Earthkeeper Alliance. And this came out of a lot of the breakthrough work that you did. So can you explain how it came to be? Was it a flash of insight or did this idea come to you gradually? I'd be happy happy to, Sandra. And I, and I think your point is, is really a good one because... It's one of the big concerns about uh, that I had was I had no idea where I'd end up in life if I would even be alive at times. It was pretty tough, Um, and that's not to say it's any tougher than anybody else's, but it's all personal to each of us. And the good news, really, here is that the the process, what I refer to as reentry re-entry, coming back from a place of healing, coming back from a place of continuing to see the, 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 new, the, the world with a new set of eyes, an open heart, a new passion and an inspiration for life, it can be fairly daunting. As a matter of fact, Joseph Campbell says the return is significantly more difficult than the journey inward to begin with. Oh, that's an interesting and, point. Uh, but I found um, uh, uh, I found uh, some answers, and I'd like to share with you that process for just a moment because it was well. Now, what do I do? How right. do I take the How do I take the the gift that I've and the gifts that I've received? How can I put it to good use in the real world? And as a businessman, um, I became a conscious businessman. As a, a capitalist, I decided I would adopt a bigger bottom line. It wasn't just about profit and what's in it for me, but it was about the quadruple bottom line, about people, about planet, planet. About, mm-hmm. about profits, but doing all of that with purpose. It wasn't about junking you know, my 20 something odd years in the the real estate business, in the business that I was in, and just throwing the proverbial baby out with the bathwater. It was about saying, how can I take the skills and the knowledge and the wisdom and the teachings and put them to work in a new way, to let go of the old perspective, to shift myself to a new perspective. And that is when I recognize, well, I can work with the land. I can still be in the real estate development business. I can look at it from an undevelopment perspective. I can limit the amount of development. I can work in conservation. I can work in preservation. I can work to help gather community around uh, the land. We did that in Big Sur uh, not too long ago. We conserved uh, a mile and a half of ocean frontage, 400 feet. We worked on a, and been working on a large project in Hawaii, 16,000 acres. They're going to build an incredible city there, practically, resorts and hotels and the whatnot. Put it into conservation. We have other projects that we're uh, doing in Cal- Northern California. Same idea, but bringing 
the skills and the gifts of who I am and bringing it to, with a new set of eyes and coming from a new place, and but yet still not surrendering the uniqueness of my own being and that in that in the expression of that in the world. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of idea uh, of of that process. Yes, it does, and I really like the point that you make about totally shifting your perspective because just as a uh, some guidance to anyone who may be going through this process. You may not have to change your life or your career entirely. It may be approaching it in a different way or changing the way you're doing it. Because like you said, you had all this valuable experience and knowledge. You just did a shift in how you applied all of it. So now, can you explain the business model for the Earthkeeper Alliance in a bit more detail? How does it work? Yeah, I, I would be happy to. So, and it's and it's and it and what's relevant about the business model is there's a proliferation of companies uh, around the planet that are now have now are addressing how do we do good social good, good by the planet, good by the our people, good by our communities, and at the same time, how do we do we gener, generate a pro- profit? And they're not mutually exclusive. That's the beauty of it. So what we have done philosophically is we have, uh, we have unified what was kind of uh, ostensibly two different worlds of doing good, philanthropic activities with you know, capitalistic activities. So essentially what we say to ourselves is that if we can fulfill the quadruple bottom line uh, of people, of serving people and preserving the planet, then that means we can also generate a profit. They don't have to come at the expense of each other. For example, when we developed the big, when we undeveloped, you should say undeveloped the big sur property, we recognized that here was a pristine part of nature, stunning part of the California coastline that had development potential. Yet we recognized also that the community there, you know, they enjoy open space. So we said to ourselves, the greater purpose of this particular project is to conserve that land by doing conservation easements, which can be obviously beneficial for the land and beneficial for the community, but they also work favorably in the United States for for tax purposes. Mm. And yet at the same time, we can also look to generate a profit by by still having some development there. And that's what we did. So that's a simple example of how a business model, you can take an old business model that is ostensibly driven by only one bottom line, uh, profits at all costs, which many companies obviously still operate within today, then combining it with a, a company and, uh, and attributes that are all about how can we do good socially and not just think of what's in it for ourselves. So that's pretty much how the business model has come together and how it's unfolding because it, it is a, a process just like I'm a process in my own right. <laughs> so we're having fun with it. <laughs> That's wonderfully put. Yeah, and I would agree with you that the single bottom line uh, is not continuing to serve humanity. Uh, there's just too much environmental destruction, mistreatment of peoples uh, of all kinds for that to be sustainable. 
And so the conscious approach that you're doing is quite wonderful and beautiful. And I wish you all the luck in the world with the Earthkeeper Alliance. Now, uh, can you tell us what are some of your plans for the future? What do you have coming up? Well, I've never been so excited about the future, Sandra. Uh, and it, it and it and what is giving me so much optimism is what I see in the world. And that may be a little bit of an oxymoron or paradoxical at this moment because of all the challenges the world is facing. And we certainly could have conversations about that. But all the things that the world often does not see are all the things that are working right. Mm. We are an incredible, credible, at a credible precipice. It, perhaps a seminal of, uh, event for humanity in that we are engaging uh, uh, our techno- technological skill sets. Uh, and, you know, some would say for better or for worse, and obviously we got challenges, but we're engaging our, our innovative nature to do incredible things for the benefit of all humanity. Uh, and that is, a, that is a marvelous thing when we have technology that democratizes all that is happening. In other words, it makes things available to all people. Mm. It doesn't discriminate uh, against those people. And there are certain little things here and there, of course. But, the, but so there, there are so many amazing things happening around our, our innovation and around our technology. The level of, uh, also the level of consciousness that is rising up, or whether it's around our, 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 our health and our wellness and our vitality, it, it all has to do with the regenerative, which your work is uh, so much about. It has to do with regenerating uh, the, the, the human being itself, a recycling of who we are as human beings. And now we have access to that. We have information around, you know, what, what are the right intuitive things to do or not to do. So that is really working in the world. And lastly, amongst many other things, but lastly for the show here today, I would say this. I would say that, that, it, 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 that we are connecting and interacting with one another from a place where we feel a sense of greater responsibility beyond ourselves. We feel the presence of our compassion, we're living in kindness, we're recognizing the love and beauty of who we are, and this isn't new age woo-woo stuff, you know, and it, it you know, it's really a sense of, of that it's present on earth, and it's come out of the closet once and for all. And I am very grateful for all of that and very optimistic and excited about all the things happening on this planet. There's no better time to be a collaborator and a co-creator with your fellow human being. Oh, that's so wonderfully put. Thank you for all of that. Yeah, and I would agree with you that what's happening now is not new age woo-woo by any means. Uh, I think it's a rising consciousness that humanity needs to embrace in order for us to move forward in a way which is not so destructive 
to the planet around us. So that was a wonderful description. Thank you for that. And that actually brings us to our final break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to entrepreneur and author of Earthkeeper, Undeveloping the Future, Adam C. Hall. And in the final segment, we're going to get into some more deep questions with Adam. See you on the flip side. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I am your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today we're talking to entrepreneur and earthkeeper, Adam C. Hall. And he did a really wonderful job of explaining his breakdown, breakthrough, and integration process where he formed a quadruple bottom line company called the Earthkeeper Alliance. If you'd like to learn more about his life journey, it's all summarized very well in his book, The Earthkeeper, Undeveloping the Future, which is available on Amazon.com. And in the final segment, we're just going to wrap up by getting into some big questions with Adam. He can answer some things for us as a, as a result of all the work he's done spiritually with a shaman and all the growth that he's gone through. So, Adam, I guess the first question is, what advice would you have for those who may be in the midst of the existential crisis that you went through several years ago? Hmm. Well, Sandra... I would say and share with anybody that's having any kind of crisis in their life right now that to know that you are loved and that you are not alone and that to reach out 
and to share with those or others of how you're feeling and how you are asking for support. And when you do that, that support will be there. And that first step becomes a stride and you're off and running to heal your life, to move beyond that existential crisis and know that you are loved and you are loved. Yes. And I think the big point there is moving out of fear because quite often it could be fear that holds people back from realizing the love that's out there and having the trust in themselves and in the divine plan, I guess I would say. So that's really wonderful advice. Uh, Now, another thing in your book, you mentioned that you followed the belief system that it's a dog-eat-dog world. That's how you operated as a very successful real estate developer. We know now that that's really not the case. So what do you know to be true now about cooperation versus competition? Exactly. It's not the case. And the dog-eat-dog world is the illusion. It is the maya. And when I shifted my perspective of engaging in the world, ostensibly a very hostile, competitive, and chaotic world, when I shared that perspective, when I shifted that perspective, I realized what Mother Nature has long been saying, and I wasn't listening. And what she has been saying is that we can all work together, that we all have various gifts to share with one another. And can those ostensibly be competitive? Well, they can be competitive in a new sense, not an old sense. The old sense says, I win, you lose. The new sense is, let's figure out a way to create synergy and create groups of us that can work together to find answers to some of the biggest problems facing humanity. So it's great to be living in a world that's about a collaborative, and it's about being co-creative instead of what's in it for me. Yes, that's right. That's very nicely put. And I think also when you're caught in a mindset of competition, you think that there are a limited number of resources to go around. Whereas if you're living in a life rooted in spirit, which is a phrase you used in your book, you realize that the universe is more abundant than that, that there isn't just a fixed size to the pie, that by working together and being collaborative, there actually is enough for everyone. Is that true? Would you agree with that statement too? Indeed. Indeed the case. That is the case. Hopefully... Not the big business will want to hear this, but hopefully humanity will recognize that consumption to the degree that we consume is not necessary. Correct. And that the, the, the most important things uh, are available to all of us. And uh, I know that may sound uh, uh, oversimplified, and uh, not necessarily something that many have experienced, but when we recognize just what Mother Nature offers us every day, we recognize that we too are abundant and full, much less beautiful and full of love.
like Mother Nature and Mother Earth, as she provides us with abundance in our lives every day. That's right. Yeah, and I think that was a good clarification that you made about material consumption, because uh, I wasn't really referring to uh, unlimited material stuff for everyone, uh, but instead things that are deeper and more important than that. So that was a really good clarification. Thank you. Now, and one of the phrases that you used, and this will be the last question I have for you. We only have about a couple of minutes left. Uh, you talk about living a life rooted in spirit. How would you define living a life rooted in spirit? And we only have about a minute for this answer. Well, living, living a life rooted in spirit is um, about living the life that you're dreaming into being. Yeah. As compared to the other way around where life is living you, where the world is controls and up and does what it does to say that we need to be this or we need to be that living a life that's rooted in spirit is uh is the place where uh, that wholeness of life is found i have found it in that place of my being not in the place of my doing and when i operate and come from that root I come from that place of uh, authenticity. I come from that place of integrity. I come from that place of love. I came, come from that place of divinity, and I come from that place of holistic health. And that is the place to come from as I fully express myself in the world. And that's what I would share with everybody is the place to come from. It's not the only place. But it is the place to come from if you are truly looking to feel complete, certain, whole, safe, vibrant, and regenerative as you go forward as a creator in life. That's wonderfully put. Thank you. And as we wrap up here, if anyone would like to learn more about your work, the one place they can go is your book, the Earth Keeper, Undeveloping the Future, available on Amazon. And can you also let everyone know about your website? Indeed. Please visit our website, and that is earthkeeperalliance.com. Earthkeeperalliance.com. We are all Earth Keepers, and I enjoyed being here with each of you today, and as well as you, Sandra, and I wish all of you many blessings and lots of love and lots of good creation as you step more fully into life as we go forward together. Thank you, Adam. That's beautiful. And that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you again for sharing your journey and the amazing work that you're doing as an Earth Keeper. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, and I wish you much success in preserving our sacred spaces. Thank you again. Thank you. And next week, our guest will be mindfulness-based life coach and natural foods chef Luna Page-Smith. Learn more how to nourish yourself on all levels. Until then, let's scoot over to Twitter, at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. We'll be right back.